All right, everybody, welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. And I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the Virgin. And we're your host. Hello. Hi. How's it going, Clayton? It's going okay. Yeah. You have a little something you want to say? Oh, yeah. So we do record these uh, pretty uh, far ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So we weren't really able to say anything about all the fires that are happening in Australia. And we have a good amount of Australian listeners. So I really just very quickly wanted to, you know, say to them, we hope everything's okay. We're devastated by what's happening. And we hope that everybody's safe. I've been thinking about them. I've been thinking about them. And like, I hope that everything works out okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. 100%. So do I. So what did we read? We read Married by Morning by Lisa Claypass, the fourth of the Hathaways, Leo's book. So let's start by judging the cover. We, we don't like we it. We don't like it. We don't like it. Yeah. What is why? The other covers had people on it and this one has an invitation. Yeah. And white and white roses. Yeah. It's got – so I – I bought these from Thrift Books. Mm. So I have the physical copies of the last four of the books. This is the fourth one. And it's got a nice step back. Yeah, the step back's super sexy. Why not? Catherine and Leo in an embrace. Why not in the front? I don't know, because the first three books are so, like, sexy and beautiful. And then it seems like they just decided to switch to this. I don't like it. This seems like, if I saw this book and someone said, you should read this. I'd think, it's no offense to grandmothers, but this is a book for my grandma. Because you think it's just going to be about like... It just seems so staid and proper. Yeah. It, it seems like there wouldn't be any hubba 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 sex in it. It'd just be about like flower arranging and yeah, invitations. Exactly. It just, it doesn't seem sexy at all. No. Because you know why? It's very white mm-hmm. and that seems very virginal. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, there is hot sex in this book. Yeah. And I think it like the title and it leans on, it makes it seem like they are going to be married for the majority of the book. And instead they marry in like the last 10 pages. She won't even say yes to him through multiple proposals. Yeah. He proposes to her five times. This is really not about marriage. You're right. It's, they are making it seem like it's more about marriage than it is. Yeah, it's not like a marriage of convenience book, or like kind of a little bit, but not really. He doesn't seem too worried about the convenience aspect of it. No. So I don't know why we should be, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. So no to the cover. We know you can do better and we want to see better. Well, and, and, and it's because... And also you want the set to all look uniform. Like you want it to look like these are five books that go together and it's like three books do and then this one looks a little sad. Yeah, and that was what we were talking about too is we wanted it to be – we like to have cohesive things on our bookshelves and Mm -hmm. this offends us. Yeah. Also, mine has – we were talking about this before we started recording. It has on the cover because I have the paperback, first time in print. (laughs) What does that mean? I don't know. I mean, we were saying, is this folklore? Was it an idea? Was it a campfire story? What, like, what was this before it was in print? How, <laughs> I, how is this like, okay, first time in print? Yeah. yeah. If a book gets printed, that's the first time in print. 
That's how books work. Yeah, that's how books work. So I like, don't know, you know what was before, before this. Was it just like a phone number and you'd call Lisa and then she would <laughs> just like tell you the story? <laughs> it was a 1-800 number. <laughs> she's like, uh, she's like, ha- like hasn't spoken to her friends or family in years. Like people keep calling. I have to tell them. So this was 2010. So this book wasn't a series of tweets, was it? <laughs> because I, was I, Twitter I mean, the only thing would be like, was it like a Kindle book? Oh, that's actually probably what it was. When were Kindles started? <laughs> when were Kindles started? When Siri, discover, when was Kindles started? When did we discover Kindles in that cave? I don't know. It's so weird that this would be an ebook ebook first. I know because she's so big. Yeah. And this these had to have been big books in 2010 when it, this came out. Because she was a big author. Yeah. I, it's strange to me that she would have books that are just um, that aren't printed this is all such conjecture because we have no clue we should have looked this up i know but we didn't want to and we decided like let's just (laughs) talk about it why bring people facts when we can just bring people questions exactly that's what we're here for spontaneous conjecture we don't want to we don't want to know we don't want to convey anything we just want you to know our opinions and thoughts but could there have been you know because 2008 was the start of a recession is it possible that Book companies were not sometimes doing ebooks instead of printed books to save a little bit of dough. And if it did well enough, it would get a printed copy. Yeah, maybe. Like rationing paper. Was there paper rationing in 2008? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we needed it to print more money. Because <laughs> someone came and took all my pots and pans and stuff. <laughs> Anyone for the, was- for the <laughs> For the war effort. <laughs> Anyone who was alive in 2010 wanted to just tell us what it was like. <laughs> 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 yeah we don't we, know we'll we ask were so our grandparents young. yeah we were so young we were impossibly young i was a babe <laughs> of 26 i was just cresting into my 30s <laughs> we can't we can't remember no um yeah anyway and I, obviously if somebody knows <laughs> just email us or tweet at us somebody or, will know and we'll feel like idiots yeah that's how this podcast goes yeah All right, Clayton, do you want to take a second to talk about Lola? I'd love to. So Lola is an innovative feminine care company. What does that mean? Menstruation. Of course. Yeah, that's what we're doing over here. What else could it mean? Once a month, we're dropping an egg, and we got to take care of it. So Is that what? What? We don't have time to explain the whole thing to me, I don't think. (laughs) I want to get you some uh, visual aids. Great. But uh, something that is uh, terrifying to think of is the FDA doesn't require companies to disclose what are in their feminine care products, which is scary. But Lola does. So Lola's um, products, tampons and pads, are all 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. That's great. Because that's you're also you're putting stuff inside you, mm-hmm. or right up next to inside you. Yes, you want to make <laughs> right up next to inside. <laughs> Is just, that on the directions? Yeah, you're just putting things out on your front door, and you know, you, you want to make sure anything that's touching that you want to make sure it's nice, and you want to make sure it's not like asbestos, which is what some companies have in their oh thing. Oh my gosh. It's so insane. The other thing that Lola does that's fantastic is that it lets you mix and match your monthly box so you know some people are heavy for four days and my heart goes out to them some people are 
have one heavy day, three light days. So you know your own experience, you know your own body, you know your own flow. So you are able to fully customize each box. So when it comes to the door each month, you have it, you have everything that you need, and it's perfect for you. It's a la carte. A la carte. Yeah, exactly. So the other thing, too, about Lola that's great is that they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the USA for every purchase. Yeah. And feminine care products are some of the most requested things for yeah. homeless shelters. So. It's really important. So you're giving back. You can buy from anywhere, but why not buy from a company that gives back? You got to. Yeah. So for 30% off your first month subscription, visit mylola.com. That's M-Y-L-O-L-A.com and enter tropes when you subscribe. That's tropes, T-R-O-P-E-S, tropes, T-R-O-P-E-S, when you subscribe and you'll get 30% off. Awesome. What are you waiting for? Have a happy period, everybody. Oh, they should use that. Yeah. Well, they kind of are using that because we're doing ads for them. Yeah. So it's theirs. You got it. Yeah. (laughs) Clayton, what was this book about? This is a very easy one to describe because we know all these characters already. Mm -hmm. So if you've read along with us or listened along with us, you already know about the Hathaways. It's this wacky family full of... People who were born into it and also married into it. But this is finally Leo's book. Now, Leo, in the, in the first book we read, the first Hathaway's book was a drunkard, was a bloated rake. He was a mess because his heart was broken. His wife died of scarlet fever. His he, fiance. His fiance. He didn't think uh, he would ever recover. And... And then he got addicted to heroin. He did. Opium. Well, opium, yeah. He, he, you know, he had a little dalliance with opium. I don't know if he was necessarily addicted, but he really liked it. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Catherine Marks, who works for the Hathaways, she showed up and she was there to prep Poppy and Beatrix for their seasons. And they, Leo and her, had a really antagonistic relationship, although we could kind of tell there was something going on there. Mm-hmm. This is when they finally get, to the, get together officially. Mm-hmm. So Catherine has a secret. She, the secret is revealed in this book, and it doesn't really keep them apart at all. The main thing is that Leo is wants to ask Catherine to marry her. He continuously does it, and she says no, and then they finally get married. <laughs> That's this book. Yeah. But I love this one because okay. the, the – I, I guess for me, this was Leo finally – not finally because in the last couple books, I really liked him, but it's good to see him over Laura – and able to find true love. Yeah. And I'm, I was really excited. And I'm also very excited about his relationship with Kev and Cam has really become brotherhood, mm-hmm. which I'm into. And this is the book where the family unit, I think, is so complete. Although I still am not a fan of Harry. No? He still does nothing for me. Okay. Harry Rutledge, who is Poppy's husband and owns yeah. the hotel. 
Yeah, where they and Catherine's brother. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> so secret much. siblings in this series. Yes. If you meet somebody and you have any sort, like, you, it's probably your sibling. Yeah, there's a lot of secret siblings to the point where, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, William, who is a young boy that Catherine knew previously that worked for her aunt, was... I was like, oh, he's going to be their brother. Because <laughs> that's just how this, this, these books have been working. Yeah. That is not the case. But I was worried. Yeah. Um, well, so Catherine's secret is that... She was sold into servitude. Uh, I mean, sexual servitude to a guy named Latimer. La- well, I'm saying... See, this is now I'm worried because I can't say... Latimer. 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 Well, is mispronunciation count as not knowing names? Because then I'm sunk. Then well, you just can't listen to this podcast at all. If you if that annoys you, I'm sorry. I just cannot pronounce people's names. <laughs> I try. Yeah, we'll find out, but with a review, <laughs> we will get another an updated review. Yeah, we only know when it, the stakes are high for us. Yeah. Um. Well, before that, it's at so the way that Catherine and Harry are half siblings. So it's Catherine's. They share a mother. So Catherine's father's mother and sister run a body house, run a brothel. And so after Catherine's parents have died, they take her in. And uh, when she's 15, they say basically she's going to have to start prostituting herself. She finds a letter from Harry. She didn't know he existed. She writes him, says, like, I'm in a lot of trouble. He comes, rescues her in the nick of time. Latimer has already purchased her for a year. Um, and then she basically goes into hiding to stay away from Latimer so that, like, he doesn't come to collect, basically. So she, that's why she dyes her hair such mm-hmm. a, uh, unappealing color, at least unappealing to Leo, mm-hmm. who is very obsessed with her, her blonde locks to the point where they're having this kind of, uh, ball to try and find Leo, uh, a wife. Oh, yeah, because we have to talk about- so there's also this weird thing that ends up happening that's just like a romance novel thing where it's like yes. if he doesn't this doesn't exist this isn't actually something I think you can do in a will but who truly who cares it doesn't matter um like if Leo doesn't have a son within a year they lose their house so he got the lordship but the house is not entitled is not in, entitled to to them to him it's to what are their cousins? Uh, so like re- the last Lord Ramsay's wife and daughter. So so I don't even know if they're related because there's a point where uh, there's a point where Leo and what's her face? Lady Darwin. Oh, yeah. It's left to Lady Darwin. And then there's a Leo. There's a point where Leo's maybe going to marry her so that he can just keep the house. Her daughter, yeah. The daughter, so that they can keep the house. Yeah. And she just is self-involved. She doesn't seem like a... You know, she doesn't seem like a horrible person. She doesn't seem like... She's no Catherine. He just doesn't love her. And also, like, Leo, it, it's funny because, like, these are the stakes for Leo. And he truly does not give a shit. And also then, like, because he doesn't give a shit, like, the rest of his family doesn't really give a shit. They're well, sort of like, listen, let's try. We'll throw a ball. See if you like anybody. But then when he kind of doesn't, they're all just sort of like, oh, well, I guess we're leaving the house in a year. Like, nobody's too concerned about, like, that is something that's funny about the Hathaways. They're never concerned about the big stuff. They're always very concerned about the little stuff. 
and it always makes me laugh because they're like, well, Cam's basically like, well, we'll find another house. I'm very wealthy. And it, it doesn't matter. And they also do have – there is there was uh, on their property, they do have a burnt down building. It's like ruins. Yeah, ruins that they could just build on because, you know, uh, Kev totally rebuilt the burnt down Ramsey house. So he could do that again. Yeah. But you're right. They're so nonchalant that even Leo – there's a point where she, like I was saying before, she wants to re-dye her hair darker so that she's not... Like as noticeable she, as Yeah, she does, she's not noticeable at the ball. And Leo says to the family, are we this crazy <laughs> that somebody in our employ is dyeing their hair to obviously <laughs> like make sure nobody knows who they really are? Are we so nonchalant? And everybody's like, yeah, pretty much, I guess. Yeah, like I she mean, has let, her reasons, and her, they're all, like, helping her dye her hair. <laughs> let her like, do her. Yeah. They're letting her do, yeah, and he wrestles with her. I didn't love that scene. Me neither, because... I thought that was kind of not great. That plays on that kind of... And I'm sure you've had this with your girlfriends, where if they do something to their hair, but they haven't told their significant other uh, ahead of time, they get nervous. No, I that none of my girlfriends are with partners that would care. But that's I understand good. that that's a thing. That's a thing, and because I've known girls who are like that, be like, I've did this without telling so and so. And in my mind, I'm like, it's your hair, that's cool. But oh, he's gonna freak out. Yeah, he doesn't have dominion over your hair. Yeah, I always joke with Pat that I'm gonna cut off all my hair, but then I come home with drastic haircuts, and he doesn't notice. So I truly could. <laughs> yeah. So is it either like <laughs> deep apathy or? Too much involvement. He always gets it eventually, which always surprises me because <laughs> it'll be three it. weeks later and he'll be like, you dyed your hair. And I'm like, yeah, it's a completely different color. He'll be like, you cut your hair. And I'm like, yeah, six weeks ago. But see, I will say most men are colorblind. I'm colorblind. You haven't ever. Have you ever dyed your hair blonde? Yes. Or you have. Yeah. While Pat's been with you. Because yeah. I don't remember you ever dyed like literal blonde. Like blonde. blondie blonde. Blonde. When? Wait, maybe before Pat then. Actually. It must have been before Pat yeah. because that's if you went completely blonde and he didn't notice. Yeah. But I think he's the same with me. Red and brown and these that are kind of close together. Mm-hmm. Unless you're the light is very good, I would not be able to tell the difference. Yeah. I just have bad. I just I'm colorblind. Yeah. She was, but she was changing hair that seemed really pretty to, yeah, mucky muck hair. Yeah. Um, it's also the magic of hair dye that it would just like wash out and her hair would look perfect. Uh uh-huh. like, well, What were they using back then? But yeah. anyway, I didn't love how he was like, he like basically wrestled it out of, of her and mm-hmm. didn't let her dye her hair. And I'm like, I don't know, try talking to her about it. But something that I found interesting about this, about Leo in this book, which is a side of him we don't see before, is like, he definitely has like some Dom tendencies mm-hmm. like in the bedroom a lot of very sexy scenes yeah but in he wants that like all-encompassing power mm-hmm. over somebody which can be kind of a little bit gross but was actually pretty hot here because Catherine is able to push back against it and doesn't sort of like let him get to the full tilt that he could yeah and i think them their relationship is a lot about po- power dynamics mm-hmm. in that they argued a lot yeah which a lot of times I, in in real life, obviously, relationships like that worry me 
when people go after each other so much to the point where you think there could be love underlying this, but you don't argue that much with somebody that you love. Not constant. But I do think that obviously this is a romance and there was a lot going on between the two of them that made them argue where I think you're going to see or we're going to we're going to see in the next book that they still have tete-a-tetes and I like fiery conversation, but it's not going to be as antagonistic as they've been to this point. Yeah. And also a lot of their argument was just sort of like being really quippy with each other, which was fun. It's not like they were like really like yelling and throwing things at each other. No, no, no. But I think it is. I've had these relationships, even like friend relationships, that it's always back and forth quipping with each other. And it can be tiring because sometimes you want to just say to that person, "Okay, say something nice to me. Mm -hmm. But you can't because you're in that you're you're in that back and forth where it's just like dropping the ball and then the dynamic changes. Yeah. But I haven't had like friends like I had friends like that in, I think, high school and college, but not not right now. That's good. Yeah. No, it is annoying. Yeah. And I've definitely been friends with couples that like fight in front of you as like a game. Like they think they're providing entertainment and there's nothing truly worse. I hate that. Mm-hmm. But not that this was Mark's and uh, No, not at all. Yeah. But so in the book, there's a scene where they go, Catherine and Leo go to the rubble to see what's what and they fall into a pit and he gets a piece of wood stuck through his shoulder. And he calls it a splinter at first, but it's not a splinter. It's like right through his shoulder. And she drags him home and he doesn't want to take the painkiller because he's afraid that he's going to become addicted to opioids again. And that actually, when that scene got to me, cause I felt, felt for Leo because he had changed so much mm-hmm. and he had cleaned up. And that's what's so scary about sobriety is that one little slip can send you reeling and it can be an accident, not even your fault, mm-hmm. not something you did. And so I, I knew he wouldn't get addicted again, but I felt for him in that moment like, oh, he did so much work. He went to France. He's tightened it up. He's looking good. And then all <laughs> of a sudden he's going to get that taste of oblivion and he's yeah. going to want more. And I was really happy that that was not the case, that this didn't yeah. become a Catherine getting him off junk <laughs> narrative. No. Yeah, yeah. but I, I didn't know. Yeah. Also, that's impressive about that is Catherine is like basically blind without her spectacles. Those fly off her face very easily. Just flinging. It's like, yeah, you got to duck when you're around her because they're going to come flying off. So she does it all basically blind. Like she can't see anything the whole time. She needs to get one of those strings that you tie around your well, this, or a pair of Rex backs. The sweet thing is that Leo takes her to an ophthalmologist, whatever they're called, like an occultist. And gets her fitted perfectly for glasses and then designs perfect glasses for her so that she doesn't get a little ridge on her nose and that they stay on better because he decide he's the one who invented like hooks in the back of glasses. That's the is that the item? Is that the clay pass spe- item? Her spectacles? Her yeah. spectacles. It's gotta be, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they mean so much because he 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 uh it's it was a it was a practical thing that Leo gave her, but also it meant so much to their relationship. Yeah. Uh, 
can we talk about Dodger for a second? I'm 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 done with you don't Dodger. Like I'm I, I don't like fer- I don't like ferrets. No. Only potheads have ferrets, so I don't know why uh, Beatrix has a ferret. I feel like growing up in the '90s, like a lot of my friends had ferrets, and they had like those giant cages that they could be in. The ferret is one of the saddest animals because it's never taken care of. It feels like a ferret is always anybody I know who's had a ferret did paid no attention to their ferret. Yeah. And they seem pretty intelligent. Like, they need a lot of stimuli. stimuli. Yeah. I don't know. I am not... I'm worried about Beatrix's book. Because her animal thing, to me, seems super juvenile. And at this point, yeah. she's 19. And she'll be older in her book, I think. Yeah, but still, like, the whole animal obsession does... It feels so 12-year-old to me. Well, that's the thing about Beatrice that I was going to wait to bring up in her book. But, like, I do feel like she's, like, a little neurodivergent or something. Like, the obsession with the animals, the way that she, Like, there are just a few things that make me think, like, oh, like, she has something going on. Okay. But, But yeah. is that is that the intention? Yeah, prob- like, probably. Okay. It seems like a big thing for her to not... Ha- for Lisa to not have thought of. Yeah. But it's also, like, back then, did they... Like, did they say anything about it? Probably like, not. No, I think if you were... If they did, they said horrible things about it. <laughs> you <laughs> they, don't think they, they were did very not PC use, about it? They did not use neurodivergence. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that wasn't... They didn't even use that when I was in school no, in the 90s. No, I haven't heard 90s. that until like three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean the 2000s. I mean the 2010s. How old am I supposed to be? <laughs> I can't remember. I can't keep track of all my <laughs> lies about my age. Um, we still don't know what happened in 2010. So. We don't. We were so young. I know. It's so, so hard to keep track of when you're 26. Um, but. Well, the whole. Okay, wait. So you you don't like Dodger. Dodger seems like he's well taken care of. He is. But that's what he, I'm like, saying. He sleeps every night with Marks. In this, he's taken care of. But in real life, ferrets are not taken care of, I don't feel well, like. Well, ferrets are illegal in New York City. So we Thank can't ha- God. <laughs> Thank God. We can't have them. There's so many animals that are illegal in New York. Hedgehogs, yeah. I think, are too. But, you know, it's not illegal. Tigers. They're not illegal in New York? Well, remember that guy up in Harlem and he had tigers and leopards and an alligator in his one-bedroom apartment? But weren't they all dead? No, they're all alive. But he died. He died, but that wasn't legal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any. I don't think if you can't own a hedgehog, I don't think you can own a tiger. Well, there's a great documentary called "The Elephant in the Living Room," and it's all about how most states don't have exotic animal laws. So most states, and I think also like New York City, like they don't have a law against having like lions or tigers or whatever so like you what about bears (laughs) (laughs) oh my oh my (laughs) i think that's all changed because remember that guy had his own zoo and then he let this is such a tangent remember that yeah i don't remember that (laughs) remember when that guy in like michigan he had his own zoo i don't remember any of this wait keep listening maybe it'll ring a bell so he has all these uh, – he had tons of lions and ti- – like all these crazy exotic animals, like an insane amount. And it was like his pri- his house. And he went and he let all the animals out and then killed himself. So then there were all of these animals. Oh, I remember that because it was my uncle. 
no. And remember, okay, I, I, don't, they, don't, they, I don't can't believe you don't remember this. This was such a big thing for me. Okay, fine. But everyone watch Elephant in the Living Room because it's a really good documentary all about how you shouldn't keep exotic animals. I don't have a Google alert for exotic animal ownership or uh, breakouts. I can't wait for the amount of emails we're going to get of people remembering this. I'm sure people, but like, when would, when would that have crossed my radar? When it happened. But what, you were just online, you went to Yahoo News? It was was Yahoo News. It was just on the news. It was on the news. It was on the news. It was all anyone could talk about. (laughs) There's no way that was all anybody could talk about. (laughs) How long ago was it? Uh, I'm so, I don't, like five years, seven years? Seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. Okay, well, it happened. Okay, I, it was all it was tragic. I don't. And then I don't. I, I think it. I'm sure it happened. I'm not. I, if you if you were making no, this up, you would be sick. It was the Cincinnati Zoo because that one guy who's always on Animal Planet, he was like on the news crying because he's like, we have to kill the lions, but we shouldn't want to, and this is awful. I'm not in touch with the animal community. I think I just really like Dodger because I wish I had a cat or a dog. I'm not allowed to have either. And I just love the idea of like a little soft like thing just leaping next to me. And I would love it so much. Yeah. If you get a ferret, you're not going to think it's that cute. They're cute little ferrets. A little weasel. A little we- weasels aren't cute. Yeah, they are. They're little faces. I, I don't think. I, I mean, again, that's your opinion. that You think weasels are cute. And I should not say that it wasn't true. I don't necessarily find weasels to be attractive. Yeah. She's trying to get to London and the whole thing with Dodger stealing the cherries from the woman's hat and then pretending to be her stole and all those things was very cartoonish. Like I, the thing that Lisa excels at is these kind of set pieces where you could see it on screen. But the thing was, I saw this as a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. The, stole it's called a stole right when it's around your neck yeah the stole that comes to life kind of thing i saw it in that uh, looney tunes animation type of thing and that's not really what i want from these books again to each their own i'm not an animal person Mm. so that the whole dodger thing just kind of escapes me i don't really like dodger he's a little thief he's cute yeah and he he's a perv because he always steals her stockings. Really likes that they smell nice. They smell like her. She lo- he loves her. That's a perv move. That's a perv move. Um, He's Dodger's a perv. No. Okay. All right. I, I agree to disagree. I guess. All right. So I have to say, I didn't love this book. Okay. And I felt like the thing that was really hard for me is the tonal shifts were big. Okay. Because we're talking about. Children forced into prostitution, which is very heavy. Yes. And we're in Catherine's backstory, which is like, it's so cliche at this point, like that all these heroes have these awful backstories and we're supposed to like feel so bad for them. And it's the reason that like Harry acts how he does and all this stuff and Kev. But it's like Catherine had what I would say is maybe the worst backstory. And she doesn't ever act out in the same way and not like men would necessarily act out in the same way as women but it's like she basically had no love growing up she wasn't even told when her mother died she was given and grew up in a brothel and then was basically told that she was going to be like raped and 
I just felt like that was never given the space and the gravity that it needed. And it seemed to only be, she was only worried about it in reference to, and her and Leah only talked about it, but like people finding out and then her being ashamed. And it was never dealt with as like, oh, this is a traumatic thing that happened to you. And so we need to deal with it as a trauma that happened to you. And it was really like frustrating to me because it kept being brought up as this like big deal thing, but I don't feel like it was ever treated as a big deal. And so it really soured the book for me because I felt like we have like basically like a Benny Hill skit with the cherries. And then we have this really serious thing about her that I feel I just didn't for really loving Leo and really loving Catherine. I just think I wanted more from their book. And I just, had you read this book before? Yeah. Did you feel the same way? I don't remember. How long ago did you read it? Like a, a few years. I don't, I don't remember how I felt about it, but it's also like reading it, knowing I'm going to come and talk about it versus just reading it for myself. It's like a very different experience. So absolutely. And you just are thinking about it differently. Um, well, cause Leo would, they would talk about it and Leo would then make a move on her. Yeah. And that I, I did, I was weirded out by. Well, and it's also... Tell me more about your trauma. <laughs> you know, it was that yeah. kind of thing with Leo where he didn't understand that she might not want to be sexualized at a moment where she had just told him about her being sold into sexual slavery at 15. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even if he didn't connect those two things, even if that that wasn't the thing that was arousing him, he felt like he could save her with his loving touch, which is up to her to make that choice, not him. Yeah. And also that he would like hold her wrists and different things that like she said she didn't like, but then she sort of came around to like, and Mm -hmm. it's like, there was just too much there with him being so overbearing. And I feel like if you have a, like if you're Lisa and you have a hero that you want to be a dom and overbearing and so much, I just question why she would put her with a heroine. And listen, Lisa knows more than I do. Yeah. So me being wrong is always the strongest possibility in everything. But it's like, I wonder why you would put her with a heroine that is like this traumatized to the point where she's like basically going into hiding. Uh Uh-huh. And has never dealt with her pain and thinks that she's unlovable. So you liked this book less than the last one. I liked the last one. You didn't like the last one. I didn't one. like the last one. I liked it. I liked P- Poppy and Harry. Yeah. I liked that one. This one was just a little harder for me and I felt, I don't, I just feel like there were a bunch of ways that felt flat. I also think it was the same scene over and over and over again. Yeah. The proposal, the, the him asking her to marry him over and over was a little redundant. When I just thought it could, it could have been a strong novella. Yeah. I could see that. And I think it's it was weaker for it being a book because I don't think there was. I remember once I was reading, once I got to 50 percent, I was like, where are we where are we going from that? Like, mm-hmm. what's next? Yeah. Yeah. It did seem over at that point. Yeah. And then her aunt kidnaps her. And there's always a kidnapping. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy her being uh, drugged <laughs> with uh, opium paste? Yeah. And then going out on the roof. going out on the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Like an after-school special? Yeah, she's a Greek god. Isn't that 
was from Almost Famous, where he's like, I'm a something god. I'm a golden god. I'm a golden god. <laughs> but it, it seemed very after school special where somebody gets given drugs or takes drugs and they just go to the highest point in the house where they can put themselves in danger. You know? Yeah, was she trying to escape? No, I don't know. I think like, she's just out of it. The air. She was out of it. And also, again, no glasses. No glasses. But Dodger is the one who attacked the guy who was kidnapping her, and there was blood, and that's how Leo knows something was up. He's too big of a part of the Hathaway's books. Okay. I think. Just, just, and I know he's going to be in this last book so much. Although no, it's kind it's of Catherine's. Oh, God. Minerva. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm not looking forward to that. To hedgehogs? I'm not looking forward to the Dr. Doolittle fifth book Mm. is what it's seeming it's going to be. And I'm not excited. I have a feeling you're going to like Captain Feelin'. Captain Feelin'. Mm. (laughs) What's he feeling? (laughs) Okay, so you didn't like this book that much. No. You know what a scene I did like, though? Mm-hmm. Was when Leo said he was gonna he was gonna kiss her so good that she couldn't answer questions. Oh yeah, and then he did There's those a lot of greats. Is it is a clay those pack. riddles? Oh yeah, and then he was the one who actually couldn't concentrate because he liked her so much. He I thought that was a cute riddles. scene. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really cute. Would you say read this book? Oh, you're saying don't even read it. I'm not saying don't read. I'm saying, like, if you're reading The Hathaways, read this one. Like, Leo is great. Catherine is great. I would say with a little content warning. Okay. About, like, you know, childhood abuse and stuff. But um, it's not one of the worst books we've read. And I do think there are, like, that scene. There's a lot of very hot sex in it. Like, it is very clever i would say it's read al- it it's always i mean if you're reading lisa from what i've read and you've read a lot of lisa too it's never gonna be not well written yeah and clever and have parts that make you swoon but there are certain things exactly like the if i don't marry and have a kid they get this house is really just thrown in there and then the characters do shrug. So why aren't we shrugging? I never for a moment felt like, oh no, the Ramsey house that they built back from scratch and it's become a home. Oh my God. I never f- once felt like they were going to lose their home. And that's not good in a book where that is what a lot of the plot hinges on. But here's the big question. The most important question. Yeah. Would you fuck them? I think I would fuck Leo, obviously. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. Uh-huh. Sounds uh, very dreamy. Dashing. Yeah. I always picture him blonde, and then she says he's dark-haired with light eyes, and I'm like, huh, all right, I have to address. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like he's named after the constellation. We're both Leos. Mm-hmm. So there you go. It's a little bit about us. Yes. And I don't, Catherine, while I do like her, I didn't find her, like, super sexy, necessarily. So I would say no to Catherine with love. Yes. I would say fuck Leo 100%. Same thing with Catherine. I do think she, again, when we're talking about what she's been through, I think I would, it would have to be a while before I would want to have sex with her. Yeah. Just out of respect for her past. You know what I mean? Yeah. In a way. 
That's how I feel. Yeah. So, yeah, just Leo. Mm-hmm. Still Harry, still Poppy. Yeah, well, well, not Harry. I wouldn't fuck Harry. Still want to snuggle up with Dodger. Ugh. Good reason. Yes. So I thought there was no good reason, but then I did my old trick of changing the cover, and there was a ton. Smarty. Historical romance heaven. Sure, I can see that for somebody. Worthy romance. What does that mean? I don't know, but I put it on to see. <laughs> if I could figure if it out. If you could figure it out. I was thinking that like, Catherine doesn't think that she's worthy. But that would be not worthy. Right. Worthy. I guess worthy is just another word for. Like worth reading? Worth reading, yeah. Okay. Just, but that list needs a little bit of tweaking. Romance books everyone should read. No. No. Best surprising romance. I don't think I thought this was pretty inevitable. Uh, well, we also read the series, but it's inevitable even in the book. Yeah. It's obvious that they're going to get together. Can you imagine if they didn't just some like chick came into town and took Leo? It'd be so mad. Yeah. And they would never, it was so set up for her to be with him and yeah. him to be with her that that would have been an anti-romance. Mm-hmm. Historical romances featuring blue stocking scholars and independent misses. She's a scholar. Yes. Best romance heroes. I could see somebody like, like liking Leo it's the best. Sexy. Yeah. Hot and steamy historical romances. Yeah, steamy sex. Uh, best historical romances where the quiet, unusual girl gets the guy. I mean, she's quiet. I mean, she was quiet because she was afraid. Yeah. I don't think by nature she would be a quiet person. I think from nurture she's a quiet person. Yeah. So, I mean. And she has such a big secret that she's keeping too. It's not like she can ever like fully participate in anything. Yeah. Because when they were going to dance at the dance, I felt scared for her. Yeah. Because uh, And it turned out to be a bad move because Latimer was there. Oh, yeah. Oh, Latimer. Oh, remember when he was in the um, uh, the opera box? At the, at the play, yeah. Ugh. A thin line, love and hate relationships. They, they barely hated each other. I think it was they both knew how much they felt for each other. And like Leo didn't want to feel that way for her and she didn't want to feel that way for him. So they both used the same coping mechanism, which was being like antagonistic with each other. But you're, when you're antagonistic with somebody, you're still getting feelings from them. Yes. You know? Yeah. You want a reaction no matter if it's positive or negative. Although there was, I think, a, not in this book, but in the when the when they first met that there was a little bit of. I don't like you, mm-hmm. but it was very quickly turned into, oh, I'm attracted to you, but yeah. don't want to be. Got to keep it secret. Mm, the best of Lisa Clay Pass number two. What's on number one? <laughs> we got to figure this out. Is, is Beatrix's book on number one? We, I don't know yet. I mean, how long are these lists? I need an investigation <laughs> of those lists. And it does seem like these lists could be infinity. Like I've seen books with like lists with like a hundred books on them. So like, I don't understand why you just don't put, like, all of her books. This may have all of Lisa's books on it between the first and second. So, of course, it belongs on there. Uh, Lisa, that we've read, I've she hasn't had a complete stinker where I thought, oh, this is unenjoyable. Yeah. That hasn't happened with Lisa. That hasn't happened for me with her either. Yeah. Um, as You Wish, Employee-Employer Romance Novels. Yeah, she is... In his employ. Yeah. 
Nanny governess romances. She is. Fictional males that make you squirm in a good way. He does? Yeah. I think he'll make me squirm. You said you'd fuck him. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I was just trying to think, like, uh, how much he makes he would make me squirm. He's not the squirmiest. No, but I do like him a lot. I just, I just like his wit and his mm-hmm. attitude. He seems really cool. He does. He seems cool. Yeah. So I would squirm a lot for Leo. <laughs> Romances that make you laugh out loud. Did I laugh? I didn't laugh out loud, but I'm always amused. That's the thing. It's like Lisa is very funny and normally has big set pieces that are like genuinely funny. And like, I bet I did laugh at something in this book, like just because of her. If I liked Dodger more, the him faking being dead would have made me laugh. Oh, yeah. Because I think that is a funny thing to put in a book. I just don't like Dodger. Hot, steamy, central historical romance books. Yes. Happy, witty, fun historical romance books. I know. You didn't think this was fun, no. Like, if I, if somebody was like, I want a fun read, I would not give this book. This book has, like, very, very heavy things. Yeah. Favorite silver-tongued heroes. Leo, yeah, is silver-tongued. Yeah. Artistic, creative, romance, heroes and heroines. Oh, he can draw, and he was drawing her nude. Yeah, that was cool. For himself. He was making his own porno. Yeah. D-I-Y-P. And that was great. (laughs) (laughs) And that was great when she saw it and he said, these are only for me. I don't show anybody anything. And then when he saw her nude, he said, next time I sketch, I'm going to make it so that it lives up to what you actually look like. Yeah, like you look so much better. You look so much better. Even than I imagined. Yeah. Saucy. Um, That's what we had to do back in the old days. In Make our own porno. <laughs> Just flip books? Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of like what a woman naked body maybe looks like. Because <laughs> um, at least Leo has reference to yeah, what a woman looks like. Right. You did it. You were just Back in the like 90s. Who knows? No one had a belly button. No. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> belly button. Of course not. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, and I also like Leo is like extraordinarily intelligent. Like he's a very gifted architect and artist, which I think in this book, you finally see a little bit more of. He isn't as like, like he's treated like he's just like kind of a dumb rake and he's only there for the title. But like he does add a lot. Well, the crazy thing, too, that we didn't talk about with Latimer is that Leo and him hung out. And the reason why Latimer gets... Latimer, whatever, Latimer, I can't say it. The reason he is no longer a threat after he threatens Catherine is that he was part of this secret society that did horrible shit Mm -hmm. that Latimer described to Leo because Leo was at the point in his life where Latimer thought, oh, this guy will be into this shit. So we're talking assault abuse depravity Mm -hmm. and it you're right like this book is dark yeah it talks about dark shit and leo had i mean he was in an opium den he was an opium addict yeah uh i mean he really liked opium he was a fan of opium uh opium was in his top eight exactly yeah 
so th- th- he's ha- he has a dark, dark past. Mm-hmm. So it is, it, you're right, it is kind of weird that this is just, oh yeah, we're just going to blackmail him for all this crazy shit that he watched, that I could have watched. You know, if I was in a worse place, I would have watched. <laughs> but also, like, this whole time I've known that he's doing this shit, and I didn't think to bring it up to anyone. Yeah, yeah. It's like... <sighs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's very bizarre. Okay. Yeah, Leo knew. Leo knew. Leo knew. He knew. Leo knew. Leo's part of the problem. Uh, I see heroin forced to feel by Alpha Hero. I, I guess. Yeah. I don't think she's not like an ice queen, but she is like really, really closed off. Yes. Dusty Shelf, best spinsters of historical romance. She was a spinster, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charmer, romance novel heroes with charisma. Yes, Leo has charisma. Oh yeah, he has a ton of charisma. Best sunny heroes of romance. Like he is very sunny and positive and up. He doesn't even think to like uh, let anyone know about that weird death cult he was also invited <laughs> into. I, that's more oblivious. God, yeah. That's more oblivious than sunny. Because he's at the darkest. I don't. I wouldn't say he's sunny. I think he is trying to be positive yeah books with bickering couples yes best traumatized heroine <laughs> i mean <laughs> it's a weird thing to put best there i mean are we ranking her trauma uh, or are we saying we she's best despite just traumatized heroine yeah as because it's a trope list yeah it's, the, traumatized heroine is on my tropes so what? yes Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's not my no. no I, that's it's, not like it's, yeah. that's not my favorite. It's one of the tropes I have. Yeah, but the, I, the best there is what we're all worried. Let's like about. give it a qualification, uh, a ranking. Yeah, you know, let's tweak that list. Yeah, I think we can. I think we let's you know edit what? the list. Let's workshop the title. Let's just do like two more minutes on the title. Yeah, and we'll say uh, a legitimate heroes and heroines historical romance. Yeah. She's illegitimate. Uh-huh. Illegitimate. She's illegitimate. <laughs> and she's upset about it. Leo doesn't give a shit. Because, like, on, mm. it is funny when she's like, but I'm legit illegitimate. I can't. And he's like, I don't know. Do you see, like, literally everyone my sister married? Like, uh, yeah, there's two ROM in my family. Yeah. All those doors have been closed and, <laughs> and bolted and nailed shut. <laughs> and also my family truly doesn't care. I don't even notice my, like, the best was in Poppy's book. Or whenever, like, Beatrix and Poppy are, like, at a ball, and they're like, we got to leave early. And they're always like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, they... They They don't care. Like, the things you have to be doing for the Hathaway to start giving a shit. Absolutely. They're just very lackadaisical. They're like, listen, big stuff has happened to us, and we're really not going to worry about the season. I don't care. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, That's it. All right. Yeah. That's a lot of lists. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Clayton... What are your tropes? Well, a traumatized heroine. Best. Best traumatized heroine. <laughs> bad boy meets the virgin. Yeah. She was a virgin and he's a bad boy. Fake identity, because Catherine had to fake her identity. Reformed rake. Leo is definitely reformed. Multiple proposals, because mm. he proposes every other sentence. Freeloading ferret, because that ferret jumps in her bag. <laughs> Body house disease, which is what her grandma and her aunt die from, or at least her aunt is dying from. 
Yeah. So like STDs. Yeah. Which I, I, they, I love the fact that it's called a body house disease. Had you never heard of the term body house before? I had heard of a body house, but I hadn't heard of the fact that there's a body house disease, which is basically an STD. I don't think he was saying this specific body house disease. I think it was like a body house disease. Like it was some STD. We don't know which one it was. Okay. Maybe. And then threatened through a curtain because oh. that's what Latimer did. Latimer did to our heroine, yeah, Catherine. I and think she that's knows a, if she like says anything that like Harry and or Leo will murder him, and she's like, I can't take that right now. Yeah, yeah. But then he ends up being a red herring because he just too stewed out of his mind too. Yeah. So that's the second time in this series where you think somebody is going to kidnap somebody and it ends up not being them. Somebody else kidnapped. Yeah. Them. <laughs> Um, so those are my tropes. Yeah. Aaron, what are your tropes? Uh, hero is secretly like a dominant. Yes. Uh, heroine has a big secret, secret family because her and Harry are secretly brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Enemies to lovers. Uh, Heron wears glasses. Yes. Only one bed. Oh yeah. When they, they go, go to, to the that coaching, that inn. coaching inn, yeah. Sex in the at the coaching inn. Yep. So it's not necessarily there was only one room, but Leo like only booked one room, and then they ended up having sex that night. Like yeah. Leo knew what was up. He knew what was going on. Uh, a nanny romance in love with a boss. Heron doesn't think she's capable of love. I think this is the first time we've had that where the heroine is the one who's like emotionally constipated. Mm-hmm. Non brooding hero because Leo doesn't brood at all. Nope. Heroine saves hero because when they're in the pit. And he's impaled. She like moves rocks around to get out. That's right. She she builds a a, a rock, kind of like a rock stairway. Yeah, blind as a bat. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, all right, those are my tropes. Nice. All right, Clayton. So, what has you swooning this week? So, I'm swooning about a movie that came out this summer, and I've just been watching it constantly. It got <laughs> nominated for ten Academy Awards. It's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> This, Haven't you swooned about it before? I, I, I didn't, no. Oh, okay. I didn't swoon about it before, but I just love this movie so much. It's so good. I know Aaron and I have talked about this. We just put it on in the background just to hang out <laughs> with it and while we're doing other stuff. It's just so fun. I I, I love the friendship between Leo and character and Brad Pitt's character. If you haven't seen this movie, you're probably never going to see it at this point because uh, it's been out for so long. But that is what I keep coming back to in this movie is that core friendship of these two guys that I think is really heartwarming. Tarantino's not known for his heart. This movie has a lot of heart and it's my favorite movie of the year and maybe one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Aaron, what has you swooning? This week. So I am swooning about a Netflix series called Cheer, which I didn't, isn't necessarily something I would think I would be into. And it's just follows basically a junior college in Texas. They have like the best cheer team in the country. Like they always win. And so it's basically following them through a year of like training to get to nationals and hopefully win i don't know if they won yet because i have one episode left i had to come here to do this okay so but i just love it so much because it is a lot of the kids 
who are cheerleaders are have come from very tough backgrounds and they're in school and they're getting scholarships to school and they really, really love this thing and have been able to find this community through cheerleading. Um, and it shows you also how difficult cheerleading is, how physical it is, um, how all-consuming it is, um, how dangerous it can be. Um, but ultimately it is just about people who like really love each other are working towards a goal together. They have a coach named Monica who I'm obsessed with. It's just a really great series. You'll be cheering, no pun intended for them. That was intended. No, Stop as it. I said, Stop it. It. A little bit. <laughs> but it's like, it's just really a sweet, heartwarming, lovely series to watch. If you're looking for something to watch with your family, it's great. It's really, I really loved it. Nice. So yeah, cheer on Netflix. Aaron, where can they find us? So you can always rate, review, subscribe. Always very important how people find out about us. So we always um, appreciate you taking the time to do that, even if you are pointing out things that we say wrong. It's fine. Listen, we haven't dreamt about it. Um, <laughs> that means we have. We've you, woken up in a sweat. Yeah, it's uh, tough. It's tough. So we, you can always uh, email us. You can email us suggestions. You can email us. Um, you know, things you like, things you didn't. Who's your favorite Clay Pass hero? What did you think about the book? Anything we love a we love a we love an email at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at learning tropes and on Instagram at learning the tropes. Next week we are reading the final Hathaway. We're saying goodbye to the Hathaways. Love in the afternoon. It's Beatrix's book. It's uh, a lot of people's favorite, so really looking forward to that is there gonna be like a lot of animal feces in this book no feces no feces (laughs) do you promise no feces i can't promise you can't promise no feces (laughs) i don't make promises i can't keep and i'm not 100 percent sure there's plenty of dander i'm sure learning the tropes is part of the frolic podcast network find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media backslash podcast all right bye guys bye